Jambo Habari time in uh, Calgary with two guys from Tanzania. And okay, so this guy, he's called Tanzania Bob. Uh, I'm, I'm, you're the only one that calls me. You're the only one that calls me Tanzania Bob. Okay, so he's Tanzania Bob. You know, in your mind. veterinary, veterinarian, veterinarian. Went to Tanzania in 1971-73. I left East Africa in 1973. What an interesting time to have been there. What made you go there and where did you come from? Um, I guess I wanted to be a wildlife veterinarian, so this was an opportunity. And, and you'd studied here in, at, in Alberta? When I came back from when I came back from Tanzania, I studied at UBC. Yes. Before I went to Tanzania, I studied at the University of Saskatchewan. Oh, you were at U U University of Saskatchewan at their fabulous veterinarian school. Right. So did you work on, on any wildlife at University of Saskatchewan? Um, or was it I did a little farm? bit. You know, any chance would get there, I'd seek it out. And during summers, I would work for a character called Al Oming. Yes. And he would take me on these adventures all over northern Canada uh -huh. that were just the most thrilling adventures. So I was hooked. So I can imagine this young, very handsome man getting yeah. on a plane. By the way, he's handsome. Yeah. Um, no hair. No hair. Fat. Getting on a plane, going to Tanzania. What was going through your mind? Small town Canadian boy heading off to the bush? Yeah, I was pretty naive, pretty, pretty over, overreacted to everything, you know. Had too good a time during the good times. I, I was a lot different when I left than when I went. Oh, I see. I was changed. You were changed. So, Tanzania goes there, he goes to the, uh, the game reserve. Salou Game Reserve. Salou Game Reserve, this huge thing. Okay, so <laughs> I heard... The most famous game reserve in the world. I've never heard of it before. The That's most expensive, by far, is game reserve in the world. Is it still a hunting game or uh, hunting? For trophy, trophy hunting, it's still okay. the, considered the, 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 the ultimate. Spot, the yeah. ultimate. The ultimate. Yeah. The ultimate the game reserve. Okay, so earlier we kind of had a and big... And you've never heard of it before. No. You can't even pronounce it. I can't salute. <laughs> and okay. you're a biologist. Yes, yeah, but oh, didn't teach me that. <laughs> So we go, you go there. Were you dressed up in one of those game reserve uniforms? Um, <laughs> I, I went there with jeans and shirt and all the wrong clothes. So then you got into your safari outfit? Well, government issued clothes, so yeah. I looked like a game scout. Oh, I have to get a picture of you from those days. That must have been amazing. Um, so you're out there. Tell me the dumbest thing you ever did in uh, the dumbest in, thing in I Salou ever did. Reserve. There's so many dumb things. I did. Like uh, there's no the dumbest probably was what you're leading up to is is not shooting the leopard. 
that was coming through our bedroom screen and instead letting it jump on top of me and dropping the shotgun and then having to struggle with it and sit on it and hold it down till my friend Frank shot it. <laughs> that, I guess, is in your mind the dumbest thing I ever did. But there was many, many, many more. I think there's a dumber more. thing than that. Even worse was that you actually got, you guys went and got baby wildebeest and brought them to your place. The dumbest thing was I didn't propose to that beautiful nurse that, that patched me up after the wildebeest. <laughs> She was stunning. Stunning. As I hear. And for a young, impressionable boy, white boy. Yeah, that was really awesome, man. I eh? was overcome. <laughs> so, all she was just so beautiful. I, you know, <laughs> guys. I tell everybody, she was. She was one of those natural. That's ladies. top of the dumb list, isn't it? Yeah, that's the dumb list. Yeah, that was Bollywood. If this was a Bollywood movie, just think of how they would have handled it. It wouldn't have been that way, would it? I'm having a gasp being here with you guys. Um, but a Bollywood hero and a Bollywood heroine would have figured it out a lot better than we did, wouldn't they? <laughs> yeah. So when you came back to Canada... Um, you must you, like Bollywood. I, me? Yeah, well, <laughs> you're Asian. It's not about me, it's about yeah, you. But you're Asian. I like Bollywood, yes. There's some great movies. So do we. We watch Bollywood together. <laughs> do you? <laughs> okay. So, after all, the, you, you went there. You did this work. You stayed for two years. Three years. You almost, stayed three, well, almost three years? Well, I extended my contract a little bit. Yeah. Why did you stay? I had to get material to finish my thesis. Ah, tell me about that thesis. Thesis was anthrax and wildebeest. Okay. And I had to study the population biology of the wildebeest to see what the anthrax did to it. Okay, you had a really interesting story about that. You actually said something positive about anthrax. Well, when wildebeest and several of the other species calve, all the predators, carnivores, scavengers in the country mm -hmm. all concentrate in the area where they calve during the start of the rainy season. Normally, they just feast on the baby wildebeest. Wildebeest calf is very easy to catch, very naive and innocent. They're gainly, aren't they? Yeah. But at the same time, some of the adults were dying of anthrax. Every adult, by weight, would be approximately 10 to 15 babies. So if all the carnivores, all the predators and scavengers scavenged, then they didn't have to eat baby calves for meat. And they would leave them alone. And when you had anthrax, more animals would live than die. That's amazing. Then you came back and you studied... You're, you're not impressed you with that. I'm totally. I got that before. But then you that said... That was my life thesis. That darn. took nine years. And nine listen to years. You... you you're going back to the Bollywood. This no, is, no, no, you, you want this to be Bollywood, no, no, no. don't you? I want you to go on because you're such an interesting and bright man. Yeah. You said something very interesting to me about the tsetse fly. The tsetse fly. The tsetse fly. What well, do we call it? Tsetse. 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 Right? Tsetse species. 
the Baptists. Okay, tell me about that. Well, as a veterinarian, I understand the epidemiology of several diseases of several different species of animals. And some of those species, tabanids, tetsis, in our country, horse flies or bulldogs, or, transmit diseases that are almost identical to AIDS or HIV or uh, that sort of complex, that sort of disease. And it has to, those diseases are, you, when you spoke of them earlier, you spoke of them uh, about uh, the T cells, right? That's well, what a tetsi does yeah. is intermingle whole blood cells. It doesn't just transmit fluids. Yes. It transmits blood, fluids, and the blood cells whole. So a blood cell, like a T lymphocyte, helper, T helper lymphocyte uh, blood cell, mm -hmm. that is inhabited with a retrovirus, mm -hmm. isn't it, it transmitted intact. And that's how several, say, diseases in, in uh, animals are transmitted. Okay, the one so most notable is swamp fever in horses. And they know that swamp fever in horses yeah. is associated with uh, tabanids, and they they consider that the tabanids transmit the T helper lymphocytes, and the retrovirus inside the lymphocyte has to be whole blood cells, and that's how that disease is spread. Well, so for us regular folk, I'm going to say. The mosquito bites you, it sucks your blood, and then what? It destroys the blood cells. It destroys the blood cells, but the tsetse fly does? Transmits blood cells, whole blood cells, okay. intact. So it sucks some of your blood, it goes to the next... It doesn't, doesn't suck blood, it cuts and splashes, and, and uh, it has a razor, a, a, a rough-type ah. mouthpiece, Yeah. and it just scissors your skin, oh, yeah. and the blood that comes out, it just washes all over its face parts and scissor system, scissor mechanism, and then it goes to another animal and does it again, and scissors away many different animals, and it'll transmit blood cells from animal to animal. And there's many, many known diseases, uh, many diseases known that tra are transmitted by tetsis or tabanids in general. And so you're thinking that, you're saying that possibly AIDS is one of those? Well, Africa. To me, Africa is logical. I mean, it's the areas with the most tetsis, like you go to... Uganda. Rwanda, Burundi, those countries. Yeah. That's where the AIDS incidence is the highest. Wow. And there's tetsis. Well, tetsis are associated with the woodland savanna, mm -hmm. not with the open plains. With the woodland savannah, so the well, in, in Uganda, you would have lots of trees, you would have lots of woodland and savannah, you would have lots of tetsis. Hmm. So even if you're, you know, a good uh, person and don't have sex with people you shouldn't be having sex with, mm -hmm. uh, you live in a country full of tetsis. And you might get HIV/AIDS that way. Well, when I was there, mm -hmm. I never got the impression that Africans were particularly promiscuous. Not like 
Not like what I know in this country. Yes. I never saw it. Did you see that in Africa? No. You never saw that. You never saw people laying on the, anywhere having sex. Mm -hmm. No. Mm -hmm. And it, and and the myth is that there's they have AIDS because they're so promiscuous. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, think, I, I think that's just a myth. Wow. I don't think they're. I don't think they're any more promiscuous. I think they're less promiscuous. So. What do you think? More think? or less? You know Canadian, you know Vancouver. I can't comment, <laughs> <laughs> especially from Vancouver. Uh, so, I mean, all these years is, later, this culture is promiscuous, and Africans aren't. <laughs> these, these are so the funniest interviews. Why, why do they try and say that this is an epidemic there because of I mean, promiscuity? If, if you don't understand why there's an epidemic, don't start blaming the victims. Yeah, it's complicated. No. It's sure complicated. It's our inherent when form of racism. It is. Good there's, point. There's a big inherent form. Good point. Excellent. Frank, so, Frank's the only one I would has say. Has the guts to say, say it. <laughs> says it as, as he feels. So all these years later, when you look back at your Cuso memories, and you think about this young man that went out into the field to be a veteran, wildlife veterinarian, studying wildebeest and anthrax. Trust me, I think it's pretty amazing. Um, what do you think? And by the way, both these guys got anthrax. And were cured without the miracle pill that all Canadian taxpayers paid $80 million for and then had to pay another $80 million because it was... We won't talk about Alan Rock. I went to high school. <laughs> okay. What do you think of your QSO experience? We're coming to our 50th anniversary and you played a role. Well, I thought it changed me. I, I don't think my work did anything for the Africans or for the reserve or the country or the, or the people or the continent. Did you have, and, a, did uh, you have a, a Tanzanian that worked with you? Yeah, yeah, I had good, good friends that were, they, they would, be the people I spent my all day with, you know, my, so my days think, with. Do you think you taught them anything about veterinary study, uh, being about about being a veterinarian? Uh, I, I don't think it had any meaning unless they would work with another veterinarian. Mm. Maybe but, they did. But you taught them to be rigorous about sample collection. Yeah. Ah, now there is an important thing. <laughs> but yeah. I I think that I was very full of white guilt. Okay. And my feelings are that white guilt is probably not good for anybody. No. And that the Chinese are there and doing more good for the country, the continent, than the whites ever did. Mm -hmm. And they have no white guilt and no love for people looking for a free lunch. And they're the people that are gonna make a good difference. Well, I tend to disagree, and I think you somehow <laughs> made a difference. And we'll figure that out. And I know you didn't- No, I didn't uh, make a difference. You've got to- no, I think you did. Oh, I think and, you did. And Let's you, just give it up, okay? 
Give it up, Doctor. His wife killed him. Yes. I didn't make a difference. Oh, I scrunched up. Well, uh, we've had this conversation okay. off the record. Oh, no, on the record. We and are on the record. Okay, there isn't an Asian anywhere in this country that's on welfare or looking for a free lunch. <laughs> Is there? I'm going to go back to your <laughs> impact. I you learned, are Asian. Yes. I learned today something about anthrax and wildebeest that I never knew before. I learned today something about the tsetse fly that I didn't know before. And I can't thank you, doctor. Well, I don't call myself doctor anymore. I'm, reti I'm retired. Okay, Dr. Retired. Bob Long Tanzania man. Asante sana for everything you did for us. And I hope that maybe you'll get to go back to Tanzania one day and, and actually meet somebody that you knew. And don't make any faces. <laughs> Thank you uh, so much. Bye. 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 Bye.